Welcome to the Travelling Senorita. This is episode number 49. I am heading towards 50. Who would have thought? It's similar to my age. And today I have found an old friend, a young looking old friend who is a musician who I've always admired, firstly because he was, uh, well he's very talented, but secondly because he's always put his heart and soul into youth projects with music as well and worked in and around mental health. So it tells you a little bit about him as a person by that intro. But I'm going to get him to tell us more about his life story and how he how he has just launched a new EP as well. Welcome, Michael McCartney. Hello, how are you? That's a famous name already. McCartney? Yes. Sure. <laughs> are you related? Uh, I would say I would have a lot more money if I were. I'm sure the lineage would trace back. You know, there would be a, a plot of land somewhere in an island that we would, you know... Uh, have a a, a uh, stake in. Yes, I'm sure there's a McCartney uh, clan lineage well, to be Well, next chased. time I see you, I want you to actually tell me what that percentage I, is. I should actually find that out. You're right. Yes, yes, and I've just had somebody recently do that to me um, with a beautiful Indigenous story, and um, Arabella Douglas was on my podcast recently, and she uh, took me to task in in my background. Yes. So I've been spending the last few weeks searching that North American Indian side, and I've got to tell you. It makes me feel like a more whole person understanding where I'm from. Yes. So you mentioned Ireland there. Is there a bit of Irish in there? I think that's, yes, that's where the name... Obviously McCartney. Yes, precisely. I'll let you do the uh, <laughs> the Irish accent. Okay, so young man, you're a young man and you are a musician. Mm-hmm. And what? where did you grow up? Because everyone starts somewhere. Yes, I, I was born Glen Innes, mm-hmm. um, which is northern New South Wales. Mm-hmm. Couple of hours inland from Grafton. Well, we're sitting in northern New South Wales. We're we on are. the coast. We so are. We're a couple of hours inland, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's a yeah, four hours south of the Queensland border, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Well, from the east east coast, uh, and I actually grew up in a, a little town outside of there called Ben Lomond, which was a really small town, um, for farming country. We lived on uh, kind of vacant houses that. Uh, the properties where the, the farms were run, but we didn't run the farms ourselves. So I grew up in the expanse of the country, the Great Dividing Range, right on the edge of that. Many, many uh, kids, many brothers and sisters? So I have three brothers. Right. I'm the third oh my of God. four. Family of boys. Yes. Mum, pay yes. homage to mum here. Yes, well done, mother. Yes, um, yeah. <laughs> um, where are you in the food chain? Third, third of four. Right. Yeah. And so, but Ben Lomond, uh, there was only, you know, 15 kids in the whole primary school. So I grew up in a really, really small school. Did my high schooling in Glen Innes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, we, we, you know, it, the good thing about living out in the country was that I played music since I was a kid. Mm. We always had music rooms Did set the up. Did brothers play as well? Yeah, so we actually had a, a family band when we were really young. <laughs> I, grew up, I grew up playing in church. So it was, you know, Sundays we had a youth band. Mm-hmm. It was called Splat. That was the band. That's actually kind of groovy. It's kind of cool. Mm. It had like the, you know, the paint burst on yeah, the yeah. kick drum and yeah. went to detail. A little detail. bit ahead, ahead of its time. Way ahead of its time. <laughs> Way cooler than the second, the name of the second band, which is the actual band, which was Crown of Thorns. That was very Christian. Like oh. at, at this is, this is like, you know, from eight to 15 kind of thing. Actually, see, I don't see it as Christian. I see it as more hunters and collectors. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. 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 So I grew up, grew up playing in church and like the youth band playing every week um from when i was a kid um and it was also great to live on a property where we just got to play all the time we didn't have to really annoy well mum and dad musicians uh dad was a singer he ran a karaoke um like yeah he like full vinyl karaoke at all the pubs in and around just for fun he was always a singer um but sang at the church and so the first band that we had with uh, all the brothers um was called big mac and the fries right because really dad, dad, dad was singing and we oh, were, dad, 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 he was Big Mac and we were the fries. <laughs> and so we played like, you know, Fates and, um, you know, some of the, the festivals. Glen actually has some good festivals, the Beatties Festival. Um, there's a yeah. few, yeah, there's a few festivals that we used to play out in the back of trucks and as, yeah. as kids. There was actually a really good, um, a really. This is a side about you I do not know. Yeah. It's really cool. I love this side. The other thing about Glen Innes that's interesting is it has, a, it had a really healthy music scene when I was there. Um, there's a couple of musicians who have done some national profile things. Uh, James Hazelwood, who was played in for Mia Dyson and for um, yeah, yeah. The Dissociatives. Yeah. Um, and, you know, at that time they were supporting, like, Eric Clapton. And, you know, so there was this really great portal or pathway that mm. for people from that town. But we had a musician's guild and th- that was something that was really important, that there was all these young bands 
um, that would go and uh, play there. And there was an older generation and there was an educated generation who had kind of been through the, the Lismore Conservatorium, mm-hmm. like James Hazelwood had. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I played with lots of different people all the time. Do you know this makes sense when we talk about the um, Palm Beach Youth Music Venture? Yes. I can see, because it's always a thread and I can see where that's come from now yes. with you. Yes. And, and I think there's it's smashing together a few things. One is about having community and a place to come and play. Um, but it's also, you know, the, the church part was interesting as well. And in the process of probably losing my religion, I the thing I gained was... There's a, this, song, there's a song in that. Um, pretty sure somebody <laughs> maybe already <laughs> no, wrote that I one. Ac- I was actually... Just, be- just hold that for a second. I was, going to ask, I was going to ask you about the relationship with religion. Yes. Um, obviously, an introduction to music, which is a good thing. But yes. is, uh, do you have that attachment now? That was my question. No. No, I don't. Um, and I think for me, one of the best things that came from... So the, for those who don't know, the Youth Music Venture is a program that was set up in Palm Beach by uh, Ian Grace, mm-hmm. um, having been through a, a music program for, for adults. And he wanted to kind of replicate that. And I was the only person around that mm. I kind of ran it for 10 years on the mm. music front. Mm-hmm. Uh, so ran the, he, that's he when was, you and I first That's met. when we met. Yeah. 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 Um, your boys went through. Well, yeah, yeah. One of that's, them yeah. 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 Um, yeah so the, the, for, for me in the process of losing religion, but what stayed there was this sense of altruism yeah. and that music is able to be a vehicle for, for yeah. you to learn and connect. Yeah. And, you know, for, for me, I grew up and by the time I was 18, I was already a professional grade musician. And it's because I started when I was five. So foundations. Yeah. It's, you start with, yeah. So, so at 18, that's a young age to be a professional. Well, I just mean, I mean, it's, it's like you just, in the same way that I can read and write. You just, it's just part of your education. You mm. grow up and it becomes, you've done your, your 10,000 hours mm. of something. That's right. But before, before you've even realised it was effort to do it. Well, in theory sense though, did you ever want to go to the conservatory? I, I, so when I was 17, I was young. I was young for my year. So I was always the, like, because I'm born in January. Um, and, uh, Late or middle? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, I... I applied and I was actually unsuccessful. And in the in the process of me being unsuccessful, I'd moved out to Colinabri, which is um, west of Moree, a long way. Long, How long could west. somebody with your musical talent well, this, be unsuccessful? <laughs> what? Well, the, the, so so it was it was, it was interesting um, doing the the application, um, and I I moved out for a month to save money to then move to the Gold Coast. I had a few friends who already had already moved to the Gold Coast. Was for that the, the sort of um, bachelor of pop music? Growing up there in in country sort of inland yes. south, northern new south wales was it was the big thing to move to the goldie uh no it wasn't at all i i thought i would end up in one of the major cities probably yeah. brisbane more um but you know it's it, it it was just a pathway there was just friends who had and it's because of the bachelor of popular music that i got pulled here yeah. so and that's why they'd come here and that's you know so there was friends that they'd known that were in that course and when I came up to apply well, for a, it that's a cracker of a course that's well, it's, it's done now it's finished it's, yeah but it's when gone. Gary Tamlin and that was running yes. that many did you actually do that no that's what I applied for and didn't get into oh right okay yeah. well, you didn't know me then no. <laughs> no I'm just I remember being in and around yeah. that probably 18 years ago when I first moved yeah, up yeah. to the Gold Coast yes it was an incredible we were sourcing musicians there for the festivals we were running great yeah. and, and that was the only place to go honestly because yeah. that's where everybody was yeah um, and Gary Tamlin was running that and doing a really good job is that not no longer going no it's just finished I right. think this was the last year Okay. Um, they've moved up to Brisbane. The 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 the, the TAFE at um, Cooma is developing a bachelor, which is really good for, yeah, for music. Right. But for me, what what happened was I didn't get in, and I was shocked about that. Mm. I, I just didn't really know. Was that was what, that a practical? Was that a um, uh, audition? Yes, it was an right. audition, and I I remember playing really well. Yeah. Um, like a Mars Volta song, like wow. you know, really like pretty sophisticated. And you don't work. just play one instrument, my friend. I played guitar and drums for the for that, and yeah. I, I play I played a, a acoustic piece that I'd written, and I remember being tripped up because I I, I was in a unique tuning, but mm-hmm. I, like I I've never formally got taught guitar, but I've I've just kind of always played, and I I would always just fo- follow my ear, mm. and um. I remember them saying, oh, can you play something else? Mm. And I was like, well, the guitar's not without, you yeah, know, our seven-minute yeah. audition time. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's this. a bit rough, isn't it? Yeah, and I, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, look, this is, you know, I, I, this was done purposely. Um, but anyway, the one thing that was interesting about that audition day is Ian Perez was there. Right, and who's Ian Perez? Ian Perez is one of my best friends. He's one of my like main collaborators on, on the recordings I'm doing now. But he, in the time since then, he has he joined Wolfmother. Where he and I did a couple of shows with Got that. Down, right. Uh, he's now he's plays with Xavier Rudd. He's playing right. for absolutely everybody. Right. Um, he's, Excuse my ignorance on that. No, 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 no. It's fine. It was, I probably know I just, him, but don't know his name. No, no, no. It's fine. But uh, yeah, so I didn't get in. 
and but, I, I, but I was or, I, well, he was there that day. I didn't actually meet him. He was just I just have this very clear memory of him like leaning against his keyboard up against under his arm kind of thing. Um, but anyway, we met some years later uh, properly, and now our best you know best friends. Um, but he so I, I was already living on the farm at that point out on the cotton farm, and I decided to just stay out there and save money. And I twelve months later, I moved to the Gold Coast right next to Griffith Uni with my own studio. So I, I, I basically, you know, spent 20 grand on the studio and mm. that I'd saved. And then all of the poor uni students who didn't own a studio, who couldn't get time at the uni mm. all the time, mm. came and I basically got my degree by osmosis, Amazing. by being around them. So yeah. learning about microphone polar patterns, learning about Pro Tools, shortcuts, you know, all the, all the things that you need to start making music. Yeah. And that got me into scoring for films. It, basically my network today is from... Having that, and it was a basement. It was like a, it was you know, it was a boy's house. There was a basement that we had the studio in, and that is you know still probably the epicenter of my network right. from those years. I love that because if you, um, I've had a similar uh, journey with um, institutions of you know um, university institutions. Yes, and I did start a course in archaeology and anthropology, blah blah blah, but I couldn't get into the course I wanted to. Yes, um, but I ended up moving to London and getting into it in a similar way that you did in a practical way. So yes. I, there was always that analogy: if you can't you know get through the brick wall that way, go that way. Yeah, go yeah, that yeah, way. yeah, yeah. And I often explain that to my boys who are both um, studying at the moment, who are quite discipline in their economics and engineering degrees yeah great and i'm like but dudes don't worry like because if you can't get that way go that way and i love that you did that yeah it's a really creative mind to have done well, that it just i mean i just for me there was no there was no question in my head that i was going to be doing music yeah all of the time yeah. and it wasn't until those days where i um i kind of you know, didn't realise that I didn't also have the skills or the networks to go and do... But good I don't playing. think you needed the theory side now that no, I'm no, thinking about no. it because you could read music. You'd been playing since you were five years old. Yes. You I was an experienced performer too. Like, I, I toured. I'd, I, yeah, I, that, exactly. By, that, by, by the time... Like we, we you played actually had the, the whole time. gamut going on. Yeah. Plus, you knew how to do studio and well, recording. But by that point, yeah. So, and I, I really learned... So, you did we, your own I mean, we, we, In Glenninus, we would record. So, the, the Crown, of, Crown of Films at Band, we, we, we did all these recordings, you know. Yeah. And we got to play at big Christian music festivals. Yeah. And I was a kid, I was 14, you know. Wow. Um, and so we'd... we'd this is we'd, a bit like the Hanson dudes. So, uh, you, you like the Hanson can dudes? I, can I tell you an amazing story about that <laughs> yes, era? Yes, um, You just so ignored my Hanson comment though. I, it, well, it was, it was me and my one brother. Because <laughs> you do look a little bit like us. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll, I, I will definitely take well, that. I'm thinking as, of the bros as well, yeah. Um, but so, so, I mean, I'd refined a bit of recording. We, My music teacher in high school... Um, was uh, a really amazing supporter of mm. us during that time. Mm-hmm. We would so me and my my best friend who we, we did all the recording with. Um, he we, we would get the keys on a Friday afternoon to the music rooms, and they were soundproof rooms in there. And we would go in and spend all weekend recording. This is at fourteen years old. I mean, we were we were drinking and getting stoned, and she didn't know that. Yeah. And maybe she'll listen to this. Christians. And, yeah, so we were, you know, we were we we weren't partying. We were working. We were working hard. You know, we 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 and we produced all these recordings at that time. We're not at and school it anymore, mate. It's okay. She's listening. I know she's retired now. We're still in touch. Um, uh, but um, yeah, it was quite amazing that there's people like that who invested in us, who saw that we were driven and skilled, and knew where we wanted to go, and were you know provided us resources there. So I, I wasn't skilled with recording when I b- bought my studio. It was, was, you know, it's, I still, I only really now, like what, 14 years later, am thinking that I'm, do you, are you aware of the taste gap? Have you ever heard of the taste gap? No, but was this the story you were going to tell me? Yeah, well. Is it, you said I want to tell you a little story. Well, the story was about the high school. That's it? I think that was it. Yeah, it's just like an amazing thing to think that I, that there was like somebody was, was prepared to give us the keys to the school all weekend. Well, I think it's weekend. quite often whenever you speak to anyone and I've got to say, I didn't really, I had, I didn't really have that shining star at school. I had to find it myself later, but quite often when you talk to anyone that's really been successful in creativity, yes. they've had some, a teacher or some, somebody that had seen that shining light in them at an early yes. age and yes. then, and then allowed them to by giving them the yeah. keys to the studio. Not often, but yeah. The ones that you hear about, they usually thank yeah. the teacher at the end. And the the, the story takes a, a an odd twist, which is that um, Mitchell, who uh, that I was those years with, actually passed away when he was twenty eight. He was a couple of years older than me, so that's you know some years ago now. Um, yes. But it was as a, a musician. Sorry. As a, he was still a musician. Yeah, he was still making. He he was an, he was somebody that really raised the bar for me around 
what your outputs should be, what good quality music is. Mm. And what I was going to say about the taste gap, it's this uh, yeah, idea what that is the, taste gap? the taste gap is something that Ira Glass, who's a podcaster um, with This American Life, and there's this video that circulates of him. The taste gap is the idea that you get into making any kind of art because you realize that you have good taste. Right, you realize that makes so much sense to so, me. So, yeah, so so the idea being that. But who oh, says you've got good taste? You do. You do, but that's <laughs> I love the, that. but you you you, you yeah. develop that in, internal compass, and then I love that. and then the problem is when you start making, mm-hmm. you your taste is so refined that what you realize is what you're making is rubbish. Because so, you're trying to make it for someone else after. after no, because that? because the standard of what's inspiring you is people who are in their peak, the the best creators on the planet. You know, right. whether whether that's in film or music or right. writers, they've already spent twenty years. Yeah. And you're starting. You're the start of your journey, yep. and you're expecting because you know what good taste is that your work will be as good as your taste is. Yeah. And there's a gap between your outputs, and where your taste is, and they yep. call that the taste gap. Yeah, and that's really cool. Sorry, what, that was on the American Life podcast. This American Life. Oh, it's not on that podcast. It's just Ira Glass, who's the host. Right, okay. It's like him giving like a, a lecture. I've and, actually never heard the taste gap before. Yeah, it's, really, it's a really nice idea. And it helps, you, um, it helps you plot your place in the journey of creating. And do the work by the sound. That's right. So it means the only way you're going to close that gap is by working your butt that's off. Right, yeah. So for me now, 14 years after that moment of 18, I feel like I've, I'm getting closer and to, wow. to closing that taste right. gap. Right, okay. So before we go to yes. where you're at now, because I can, I can actually, I've known you, I think I've known you for around a decade and I can see just from what you're releasing in, and listening to your EP that you definitely are closing that gap. Yes, thank you. Um, but there's a part of you in your early sort of mid-twenties yes. where you ventured into working in mental illness yes. and with the youth group. So yes. let's talk about that for a while. Yeah, so, and this is the interesting thing about the studio is at that moment, yes, I had the studio. I was trying to study. I tried to start a business. I was like 2008 trying to start a music platform for independent artists, mm. but I had no skills and networks to actually, I was doing startups before startups were cool, I mm. suppose. Um the wrong well, place. Talking, yeah, you're right. And we were talking about this before off air because um, when I started a cultural festival on the Gold Coast, because yes. we've got to talk about the environment as well. It's yes. the Gold Coast. That's, yes. It was sort of 2002 yes. I ventured into that. So you yeah. were in that same sort of realm yes. where it wasn't actually that cool. Yes. There wasn't a lot of cool going on. It was no. very un- bubbling underground. Yes. But I'd say that the um, grants and the support wasn't there. Yeah. Point. And I, and I've since become part of like, I've, I've sit on the Radif committee. Yes. Yeah, so, right. um, and, and, you know, I think it was important for me because I feel like I wasn't supported at that moment mm. by the city. Well, I think I that's think why we have to pay homage to where it is now. That's right. I because it's doing do far, it's doing far better. I don't bag the shit out of it. I just no, say, no. I'm, you know, we were there at a, a, an interesting yes. time and we were trailblazers. Yes. Ha- should own that trailblazer um, comment. I used to kind of step away from it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I get that. There is a bit of trailblazer there. And yeah. it's um, that little, those seeds we planted back then are yes. now growing and yes. they're being supported more yes. importantly. Yes, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah. And so for me, I, I didn't have, there was no way of me living off music at that moment. Um, obviously I was creating all the time, but I, uh, anyway, basically from my network, other musicians, there was somebody who I knew who worked somebody's mother worked in mental health. She ran an organization called Envision. Um, and they were support workers and they would hang out with people with, uh, uh, you know, mental, mental illness. And I kind of just went along and, um, Did I, you go I was, along as a musician. I know I went along. No, I didn't go along as a musician. I was introduced to them because of that. Mm. Um, but they, they, they turned out to be a, a bigger organization called FSG and vision was the mental health. Um, and it really defined my twenties. Um, it was a really incredible social justice organization. It went on under two years ago, um, just as the NDIS, which is a you know uh, another story. But I, I basically stumbled into this other career at the same moment, um, and I was really really fortunate for it because um, I basically spent the first twelve months being studying a certificate three in in disabilities, mm. um, and getting to work across all these different sites. And then I ended up getting a job with them um, twelve months later. And then I ended up working with them for 10 years. Um, so this was your so full time? Well, I didn't, I, I worked casually for the first couple of years. And then I like ended up becoming a manager of a program. And then I, um, you know, like I just slowly worked my way up and I ended up doing like really quite large, um, um, you know, sector development work, which um, was really alongside of that, the youth music venture was kind of, you know, those same networks. Mm. Um, so I, yeah, so I spent 10 years working in, in, um, in, in mental health and I kind of accidentally ended up with this career, um, which was really great because it also, for me, it gave me time to, 
um, really develop my professional skills and my networks. Mm. Um, and also, you know, I, I've not stopped investing in my studio. So I've, since that moment, I've invested a lot more money. And Do you still have the same studio that you had all that long time? No, ago? I mean, I still have some, some of the same gear that I bought then. Um, but I basically upgraded everything, microphones, the, yeah. you know, the core system, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah all, all the instruments and everything. It's like that, that, that process. But now I kind of have a st- – I work out of Love Street Studio, so all my gear is oh, yeah. at Love Street is Studio. Is that still in the same spot? Yeah, yeah. Is that with yeah. Scotty French? And yeah, the yeah, I yeah, love yeah, those yeah. guys. Right, yeah, you're, yeah. In the, you're in the right hands there. Yeah. So, but what I love about that, and I think this is what I like about you, um, central to your character – as a musician, not only are you uber talented in all the areas that you play, because I've seen you go in bands where you've swapped, and you remind me of Mumford. There okay. you go. Now, okay. there's a, the, his first name is, help me out here. I don't know. Well, we do know. We both know. It'll come to us. Um, Marcus. Okay. Anyway, Mumford and Sons. Yes, right? yes, so yes. if you've ever seen Mumford and Sons, yes. he jumps from drums to singing to guitar. I've yes. seen you do that. Yes, yes. Um, that's actually a massive skill. That's cool. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, I mean, particularly as a drummer, because you you are it's central to your music, in yes. my opinion. You can yeah, um, yeah. correct me here. Is your drumming yes. right? So you're holding the beat for the band. Yes. Which is what Marcus Mumford does. Yeah. Cool. Then he gets up. And then, yeah. he, and then he and he's the lead singer and data. I've yes. seen you do that, yes. and that reminds me of, of Marcus Mumford. I love that my brain just actually That's got amazing. that together. Yeah. So what I what I like about you is your character is your endearing um, nature, which I think it comes from working in uh, mental health mm-hmm. and with youth. Yes. So, you know, you and I've been around a lot of musicians. I mm-hmm. have in the publicist role and. My brother's a professional musician as well. And I have seen health egos. I've seen healthy egos and I've seen not so healthy egos. I've not seen an ego in Michael. Um, I've seen a healthy ego because you've got one. But I haven't seen that side of a musician in you when you've performed, firstly. Um, And secondly, when you've been working in and around the youth, right? Because you don't want to be a mentor to young musicians if you're a bit of a dick. Yes. Let's face it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I like about you. I don't think I've ever told you that before, but that's the endearing nature. And I think it's coming from possibly the Christian upbringing. Second yes. to that is working in mental health because that's not an e- easy feat. And if you were to mm. do something like that, there's part of your personality that absolutely has to relate to that. Yeah. Does that all that make sense for you? Yeah, I think, I think the other, yeah, if we were to call the, um, you know, the, like the altruism for, the, I think it's a form of service. I think seeing yeah. an obligation for service to the community yeah. is probably... Um, yeah, really, and that you know, my my parents role modeled that to me too. I think yeah. they just always kept people in their lives that you know, that just just generous with their time. We always yeah. had kids, you know, who'd been kicked out staying with yeah. us. You know, you've been at, brought up the right way for sure. Well, you know, and then I got kicked out of home uh, at fifteen, so I haven't. I hadn't, but I also like I, the rebellious side. Yeah, so I so the, you know, there's two sides to that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so for, for me, the uh, the mental the mental health work was really. It's inspired a lot of the work I've made, mm. and I think it's because it does keep me connected to, um, to people's stories, mm. and it grows the empathy muscle. Mm. And it's not a, it's not about it's, it's to really be honest. Way to, put it. To, to be honest though, it's There's not a, a song it's, in that grows the empathy muscle. muscle. But but it's also not it's not it's not about it's not about sympathy. It's not about saying that somebody with um, no, mental illness no, no, has no. has a life that. I don't think that's what we were saying. Yeah, no, no, no. But it, it I think I I learned so much about the human condition. Um, through through understanding how to position yourself effectively for somebody who forever has has been treated as a uh, as a, as their diagnosis and not as a person yeah um, and and the process of learning how to position yourself well for somebody where it's um, you're minimizing the the power dynamic and you're maximizing um, the potential outcomes for their own autonomy mm-hmm. um, the, the, this is idea of what they called recovery which is not that you're returning to a state of no symptoms but you're actually taking ownership over your own life and mm-hmm. you're taking responsibility for what you can control mm-hmm. um, and, and, and that was a really powerful learning curve for me it was almost like learning a religion mm-hmm. the understanding social justice understanding um, and working really close with um, a, a vulnerable uh, group of the, of the community really refined a lot of my thinking and I also working in a bureaucracy. I think as a musician, I had a lot of like as a young musician, I had a lot of anger towards that creative the, rebellion. Yeah, that's right. But it it also kind of ironed out. It smoothed out the rough edges of me. Yeah. Um, working in a big organization, um, you know. Uh, so 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 yeah. I I grew up in that role. I became an adult um, in that space, and it's only served to inspire. Um, my musical outputs and hopefully professionalize me too I think it mm. had I released music or had I been successful in the way I wanted to be when I was younger mm. 
I probably would have, you know, crashed and burned pretty hard, I think. Had I, I, I feel like you would have been okay, but I think it's given you a really solid foundation yes. for, for who you are now. So you were playing music the whole time you were working. Yes. Um, and you were playing in, like, you're a session musician for bands. Yes. I see you pop up in, like, sometimes I see you pop up in bands I had no idea that you yes. even knew. Would yes. that be right to say that? Yeah. You I do s- seem to pop up in a lot of different bands. I, when I knew you. Yes. The new incarnation's a bit different now, I think. Yeah. I, I yeah, I mean, I, I never stopped. It was probably, there's probably moments where it was more dominant than I would liked for it to have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I, I have never stopped playing, even though I had front and, and centre. The names of the bands that you played with. Um, well, I mean, I played some of the the, the longest stints that I pl- I played with. Um, was uh, the, the, my first band on the Gold Coast was a band called Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and f- from there, um, I I played for S- San May. Uh, do a lot of the recording for for her. Um, and uh, I I filled in for Ash Grumwald for for mm. a while. I like his podcast, by the way. Yeah, he's doing. He's wonderful, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I filled in with Ian for, for Wolfmother. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've done, you know, played with the, the Jimmy the Saint and the Sinners for a long time. Oh, We've that played, was so good. Yeah, that was a, that was a oh, great I band. I love those guys. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, uh, but but then I kind of moved into the corporate um, circuit where that and that was with really Becky, great. Cole and no, I never. Cole, no, no, no. Um, Belinda, no, help me out here. I've just had the mental blank. Her name is Beck. Beck, Whitehead. Whitehead, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy that you know her. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it's crazy that I can remember that name. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so, she, so, yeah, it was for me, I got to this point where I was, you know, you, you really invest in an artist when you're yeah. trying to make it work. Yeah. And it's kind of like going through repeated breakups. Yeah. You know, it's like pretty emotionally draining. Yeah. Um, which is when I started writing my own um, music was kind of like this moment where it's like, I think I'm just going to have to do this for myself because yeah. I can't. Well, everything it's was so... everything was leading you in that direction. Maybe, yeah. I, I never, I still don't want to be a singer. You actually, uh, um, really? No, that's interesting. Uh, no, well, that, that's, that's... I, I call myself a songwriter, singer, not a singer, singwriter, singwriter, songwriter, singwriter, songer. Songwriter, singer. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Yeah, so so I don't think of myself as a singer. I think because of my... it's a different one when you you know if you come out as a singer songwriter, then you'll yeah. the first thing you hear is singer. Singer, that's He's right. He's a really good, a good singer. singer. However, you can be in a band and be a holistic singer for the rest yeah, of the band. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you're. So you're reminding me of Scotty French now because he is also another both you two well, we played in taylor together as well correct yes. and i was going to say dave taylor you just took the words out of my mouth um you guys are all quite similar but you and scotty particularly have a real um because of your your knowledge of music you read it you play lots of instruments and you also know how to record so you and scotty both have that right mm-hmm. i don't see many musicians that can do what I said Marcus Mumford can do. And I've seen yes. Scotty do that as well. I yes. don't know if I've seen Scotty on the drums. Scotty's a great drummer. Right, there you yeah, go. Sorry, yeah. Scotty. Yeah. But same thing, right? So that's a lot of hard work of, you know, learning instruments, learning yes. music. You've done your apprenticeship in it, obviously, yeah. through and through and through. Yeah. So now, and, and how we reconnected again. So I hadn't actually seen you since, like, Adelaide Fringe when you were playing in a band over there. Who were you playing with over oh, there? The son of man, yeah, yeah. How weird's that? Like, um, <laughs> on a plane, these rock stars down there, I think they got in trouble on the plane. I think there was something going on in the back of the plane. I forgot about that. That's exactly, amazing. Exactly, yes. Yeah, yeah. And so those guys were heading over to Adelaide Fringe, one of my favourite, WOMAD yes. festivals. And then on, on walks Michael going, yeah, I'm just playing in a band over there. You did look like a rock star that particular day. Um, but from that, I have sort of haven't... I haven't seen a lot of what you're doing, but then I noticed this pink suit and this sort of this new EP launch, yes. and um, it triggered my interest in you again from an Instagram perspective. So I'm thinking, yes. Michael's got someone behind him here that's that's driving his brand, right? right? So I, I hit you up on Insta, yeah. and turns out it's you. Yes. Right. So let's talk about how this, like, because this is a real growth for you. This is another incarnation. Yeah. I'm, I'm not being... Um, I'm not doing fly by by saying the pink suit. I'm really into the pink suit. No, 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 no. Right. I get it. I get it. But it feels it feels like a, a big jump. It's a, well, it's the new. It's yeah. the, it's the next path forward. For yes. You. I want to know more about it. So, how did you get? We've talked about how you professionally got to here. Mm-hmm. So, what what are you thinking now? What's going on with your music? So, what had kind of happened is I. Um, you know, I kept building the networks and recording for other people. And I'd, there was a couple of, I'd, you know, I'd moved into Love Street from having a bedroom studio and all my gear, um, you know. So I was at Love Street and I just was build, building songs, just kept writing, kept recording, kept, you know, closing the taste gap, let's say. Like I was just in the process of doing that. Um, and I recorded probably, you know, I don't know, 20 songs, like there's a couple of albums worth of work that I still haven't put out that 
is from that period of time. And I was writing, you know, uh, from, from the work I was doing in the corporate world, I was, I was feeling more connected to a, a lot of modern R&B music. Mm. And I, but still, you know, rock and roll is my, you know, it's, that's the, the, the cloth I'm cut from. Mm. Um, and, but Americana as a songwriter, being more interested in uh, songwriting and, and the, the craft of that. Mm. Uh, so I, all my outputs were kind of quite varied and I didn't know what the through line was to how to connect it. Um, so I kind of, uh, had this idea that, um, yeah, so, so I recorded the, the big turning moment was this, the song taxi, which was what the EP is called. And it's actually three years old, that song. Um, and it was through the guy who mixed it. It was a really great collaborative process that I'd been doing a lot by myself, but this one, there was, uh, you know, Ian was, uh, uh, contributed to that. Hemi, Hemi Timmy was, uh, the, played bass on it. Um, uh, Jesse Green played sax, who's, was Beck Whitehead's partner for, mm. for a long time. Yeah. Um, and then Constantine Kirsting mixed it and that was, and he's, he's the guy that mixed, um, He's done all the tones and our stuff. More rat. He's yeah, done. Yeah, right. Okay. So, yeah. so, and he, he's, we, we, you know, I really respect it. He, it was a really transformational process working with in in this kind of more collaborative way, um, and that was really really wonderful for me. And it opened up new musical ground that I didn't think I would be in. Mm-hmm. I was writing for other singers. I was actually writing. A taxi was written for another another singer, mm-hmm. and so I was writing it for their register and for their. Mm. And then they just didn't make it to the studio and I just ended up recording it. And it's, you know, so it, it uncovered new musical ground for me. Um, but I still knew that I'm just naturally writing across all these different genres and I didn't know how to come out as an artist. Um, so the idea of four EPs was to kind of loosely tie these four genres together. So modern R&B, um, rock and roll, yep. pop. And then more of an acoustic. So, so the taxi is the modern R and B. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Which when I first heard it, because I was expecting like the nineties um, rock from you. Right. When I was yes. playing. Yes. Uh, and then I heard this this modern R and B, which yeah. I really liked. Yeah. Bit of synth there as well, yeah, like yeah, for yeah. you, because yeah, you're yeah. like you're a, you're a live rock. performer. Yeah, like, yeah. I know you as a live performer. Yes. Obviously, but a lot of other. Um, it can feel quite produced though, can't it? Like it, it feels. But I actually liked it for you. Yeah, like cool. I thought I liked it. It wasn't what I was. It definitely wasn't what I was expecting. And this is why I'm asking you: How mm. did you get to this point? Yes, yeah. So I yeah. So it was this thing where I was like, do I now throw out all the all of the work I've done and just go heavily into that direction, get rid of guitars, make it more synth driven, yeah. yeah. which was essentially Con Constantine. Yeah. His advice. He came down and met with me and I showed him. Kind of making it more for market though too. Well, it's 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 just it's about. It's about if you don't make some um, creative parameters, then mm-hmm. you, you're just expansive, yeah. you know? And so it's like, do I, which, which camp do I fit into? Do I make myself about somebody who can do whatever I, whatever comes out? Mm-hmm. Or do I need to make myself completely digestible for an audience? Yeah. Um, well, what's the best way to launch, is, you know? This is your full-time career now. Well, n- not quite. But, but I mean, yes, yes, that's a, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. For that. that's, that's right. That's right. That's right. This, yep. this is the thing I'm doing now. Yep, you know, yep, yep, um, yep. Uh, everything else is kind of taking back. I'm not that interested in playing for other people, or you yep. know. Yep. Um, and, and so, so, and what happened was, I had an idea for basically the, the you know it all it happened naturally. So I. I basically ordered a bunch of suits. I knew I wanted to go in a tradi- in a in a in a vintage suit. And I think that was really it was really. Is the pink suit a vintage suit? Well, it's the thing. <laughs> I mean, a throwback to that. It's because I was, I was using my um, all my favorite instruments. So the, the my press photos, my press photos are really. I just wanted to be around all my favorite instruments. So I had vintage drums, a well, it's a, a, a Rickenbacker bass, all these, all these instruments that I I'm going to put adore. a photo up of you on this, on okay, this cool. podcast because cool. it's such a cool photo. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I just ordered a bunch of suits and tried them on on the day in the photo shoot. Being like, I just want to have it. I just, the thing that I realized is I got tricked when I was younger because I was really into new metal, like really dated mm-hmm. specific 2000s. And, I, and what attracts me about vintage rock and roll and vintage pop is that, it seems to have just lasted. It seems to be timeless in this yeah. really beautiful way. Yeah. So for me, I, although I didn't know how to make my music understandable to an audience, I did know that I wanted to really anchor myself in those that those eras that my the instruments I f- love that I play on all the time. I'm obsessed with beautiful, vintage, well-designed and manufactured instruments. So it's like, how do I make my aesthetic them? How do I borrow my aesthetic from these things that I love? So I just so it was about putting me in front of all these instruments and putting myself in a classic suit. And then the one that worked the best was the pink one. And then all of a sudden my brand gets built around the photos and the brand. And so Waylon Palmer, who's one of my best friends who did the designs, mm-hmm. 
uh, just absolutely nailed it. You know, he did such a wonderful job. And Jack mm-hmm. Sermon, who did the photography, it kind of it it took me having a bit of vision and then trusting collaboration. Yeah. And it kept exposing. And then by the time you get to this finished product where you see it, you're like, this feels like something that something's been. Quote that you said to me before about tr- trust. Uh, move at the pace of trust. Yeah, I think it's, you were moving at the pace of trust. I think you're right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's um, yeah, it's it's um. So so you know, basically the first one is a pink suit with a white background, black in, like black and white instruments. The second record, which is where I'm up to now, is pink instruments. So I'm not sure you have seen the the press photo. I'm, I'm about to put the press I photo up. Haven't seen this. What color yeah. is the suit? It's black. Wow. And um, so it's pink instruments, black suit, white background. Um, and the next one's going to be a white suit with black instruments, pink background. Do you know what I love about this? So you've actually, this is art. This is actually, this is I see music it as a body, is art. I see, music. I see it as a body of work, yeah. That's right, it's a body yeah, of work. That's yeah, exactly and so right. it's, the thing that it let me do as well is it's a challenge to um, release in this climate where I didn't want to be making all this, I didn't want to make a brand that is about um, only, uh, you know, it's a content machine. You just, mm. so I, what, I, what I decided to do is release a song a month is the plan until they're all out. So it's four EPs. Uh, 16 tracks, eight singles, and 12 months. And, and that's the idea. And you are using a visual platform of Instagram, really, yes. as, as to launch that. I'm sure yes, you're using other um, yes. audio platforms, yes. but your visual platform is Instagram. It's Instagram, that's well, right. That's how my attention was drawn to. No, no, that's right. That's, that's, that's exactly right. Which is right. super smart because that's exactly where we're heading now. You know, is like um, if you were to think of a record cover. Yes. I look at Instagram in a way as a record cover. Well, did you see the way I did the the yeah? yeah, yeah so absolutely. so underneath yeah. each tile, yeah. I did the nine tiles yeah. with the album cover. Under each one was yeah. like either a lyric or yeah. the credits or behind the scenes photos, and tried yeah. to bring that sense yeah, of the yeah. vinyl back in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so, <clears> so I didn't know that you were doing that, but that's exactly how it felt for me. Cool, great. That's what I was trying to do. Wow. Yeah. Well, I yeah. just had one of those moments. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm... I mean, I'm trying to do that. And the other thing is... And we're different generations, just to hold your thought there. We're different generations, so it was really good for my generation. Cool. Um, because it, it did actually make me think, now that I dig deeper into it, it was a record cover that I was looking at. Yes, cool. But it was a tile of Instagram. Yeah, yeah, good. Very smart. Like, yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I'll do over the next three... This has probably been happening all across the world, and I don't know about no, it. No, no, no. I've been really proud of the way that this has happened. That I think when you... When you can ground yourself in the authentic yeah. version of what you're trying to express, mm-hmm. I think that naturally there's the symptoms of that are yeah. that they're really positive. This can be really um, digestible innovation. Like it's mm-hmm. like it feels like a, a, yeah. I've had a, the other thing I've done is my stories try to make that into what I, I'm thinking of as a catalog. Yeah, right. So it's like yeah. there's a front and it is essentially yeah. your diary. Yeah. yeah. So so I'm yeah. I'm thinking of it as like yeah. Um, and so yeah, so that, so there's been a few things that I've done in the, in the way of design and pre- presenting the work. That's been I've been really proud yeah. to do that. And you're driving the um, social on that. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. doing it all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is where this um because at the at the core is a musician, but threaded through that is a body of work. This yes. is where I'm getting this visual yeah. and the art, a visual artist, and there's art and there's there's yes. the whole gamut to this. Yes. Yeah. And you're driving it. So there's not anyone actually creating that brand for you. You know, well, it's in your head what's coming out. Well, I mean, Waylon is, has done the designs. Yeah. But, um, and so he, he gave a really great identity as far as like the brand when it comes to, um, you know, the, the, the way the record covers look. And yeah. he's done that. But it's been usually, it's been idea, the ideas I've had to say, I want to create a catalogue in my stories. I don't want to have there to, you know, to be yeah. these. And I think it should be this. And, it, you know, uh, he... And the timeline to that is once a month. You're dropping one, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so this sort of it matches into where podcasts are at in a lot of ways. Yes. And you're, you're a avid podcast listener as am I yes. and, and producer. Um, is they're catalogued, then they're dropped on a certain certain yes. day for a reason. Yes, that's yeah? right. Because it's yeah. an audience. That's and right. I'm assuming you're doing the same thing with your Instagram. Yeah, I mean, I'm. Uh, it's been it's been a challenge because I'm still finishing off work. I, like not everything was recorded when I started this, so some of the songs are you know seventy percent recorded so they'll be recorded with no vocals or but you're up you've like, got a deadline though that, so, but what happens is what, what's, <laughs> what's a really big challenge about it is that every time I go to release something yeah. it's actually the deadline for the next song to yeah. be uploaded yeah. does that make sense so yeah, it's so, so my head you told everyone that you were doing that, that so well, there is no backing out yeah 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 <laughs> but as I'm so for example I uh, this week on Thursday I'm releasing the second single off my second EP which yeah. is um, is this the, the black the, and the pink yes yeah, yeah. so so uh, this EP is called The Sweet Side of Love mm-hmm. um um, and, and that single is already out. The next song is called Perfect Crime, which comes out 
this week. And have we moved from R&B? Yes, we're in rock and roll now. Okay, cool. Yeah. Can't wait to hear this. Yeah. Wow. So, um, and and uh, you know, in a in a month after that, the other the rest of the EP comes out. But that's the same due date for me uploading. I think it's <laughs> the really next, good. Yeah, I think so, it's a really good yeah. challenge for a creative mind because yes. I have the same challenge myself yes. every week. Yeah. With the podcast, where there's some weeks where I'm like, ah, I have to do it. Yes. So I think it's a really good thing that you've set yourself. Um, you're not answering to a record label per se. No. You're, you're answering to you. Yeah. So I'm, I'm the hardest critic is yourself. Yes. So you're answering to you. Yeah. So how does it look? Um, let's touch on uh, the global pandemic. I can't say the word. Um, and and all of our beautiful um, heartfelt friends and and family that are not performing at the moment yes. as creatives. So you're not performing no. anywhere. This is your. This is what you're putting all your musical yes. juju into. Is yeah. is this? Um, how does it look for you into the future if you were to go on the road? What do you think that looks like? Yeah, it's interesting. I um I, you know, it's important that you develop the versions of your show. One being, you know, the, the nice to have, mm. which is um the whole band, which basically is a six piece band, uh, for me. Mm. Uh, so you know, and that's what that's the ideal. And I really look. I'm looking forward to developing visuals and making it, you know, making it a, something that's actually a, a very, you know, bookable show that mm-hmm. is is attractive for festivals and it's organised and it's really mm-hmm. w- well put together. But then, you know, you also need to scale it back down where I just need to be able to go play by myself without any. Um, and can you do that without music? Yeah. Well, this, this is the, the the the. I mean, that's the hard thing about it. One of the, one of the things that I, I I was doing just before COVID hit was. I was looping, I had a tom and a snare drum mm-hmm. and I was running them through a loop pedal so I just set up a groove yeah. and then play over the top of that. And that's that was enough to kind of, when you're watching it, it be, um, it'd be interesting enough where it's something, it's something a little bit new but it's also, it's all happening there but it's I can do it on my own and I can create more of an energy. I don't want to be the, the singer-songwriter troubadour. Does the big picture of, of it is Michael McCartney and a band? Is that the big picture of the music? Yeah, I mean, for me, the, 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 to be honest, the, the big picture... Really, it still isn't. I don't. I don't want to be a pop star. I don't want to. I, I, yeah. I never did this to get out there and be. Yeah. Um, be I think that's for the me, other thing I like about you because yeah. you're probably one of the most talented musicians that's come through, come past me, and I've like worked at the Albert Hall in London, and, and what I know that you might go, Carl's being silly, but you actually are one of the most talented musicians I've come across because of the genre that you can cross and the amount of music knowledge that you have and instruments you can play. Yeah. That's how I think it. Thank you. Um, so. You're still sitting here going, I don't want to be a pop star. No, for me, it's about two things. It's about um, the, the, the goals of this project. I see it as my music career starts when these EPs are out. So th- this is me just... The, You're, as in I, you, not a session muso, not filling in anyone else's My, my career. My career you, starts when all of these are... When, so in another eight months when all these are out, yep. that is when my I'm seeing it as my music career starting. Yeah. For me, I kind of see it like... I see these songs as a bit of like... Because I didn't do uni, obviously I didn't get in. Mm. I see the investment of money in my studio as my uni degree, mm-hmm. but I see these the songs as a being a bit of like a they're almost like an assignment. Each one's an assignment or something, and I'm handing them in, mm, and I'm great. like earning my yeah, I'm earning my. Really cool. So so for me, the goal is I really want to be a published. I want I'm looking for a publisher because I want to be doing a lot of co-writes. I want to get into the jugular of pop music and be writing with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also about producing too. Uh, like I, I feel like I I realized I've developed in this time a lot of great skills from working with all those young bands you know I worked with 350 kids or something over that time mm-hmm. um, a lot of really great communication skills around music and a lot of the time I've spent thinking about music so I, I'm looking forward to producing you've got a little bit of PR in you you've got a little bit of publicist in you haven't yeah, you yeah a little bit um, absolutely yeah so so, uh, so for me the, the goal is I, I'm going to keep making I don't know what it's going to look like um, I look forward to um, doing that but I'm. it's really about having some cemented uh, ideas around published and, and producing. And so. do you know what's really interesting at the moment too? Like we're all sort of like, because we're all um, isolated or whatever we are, the creatives, it's really good for creative people because we're kind mm. of locked in our bedrooms. Yes. And and that's the best time for us to be internal and yes. come up with the best work. And it sound, seems to me like that's what you've been doing. Yeah, I'd love to be writing right now. I'm not. Like that's the hard thing is like I'm, I'm, I'm finishing off um, work that's existed and mm. putting it out. I'm really looking forward to what it looks like when I go, I'm setting out to make a body of work yeah. now yeah. with all the skills. Because some of the songs, so for example, this EP, a couple of the songs are, you know, two years, three years old. One of them was only finished, you know, 
the week it was submitted. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's a mishmash, and I think none of the EPs for me have a sense of true body of work because they they were recorded at different times and scattered, and then they've been reassembled so they're digestible to an audience. I feel like I feel like for you the crescendo of that would be performing it live. Yes, that's right. Because you, you are you're essentially at your heart you're a live musician. Yes, yeah. even though this is good, this is a really good. Uh, yes. Another way that you're going with mm. it, but I feel like you're you are to me a live performer. Well, I appreciate. That. I mean, I I'm the the other challenge has been, I'm a drummer first and foremost, yeah, and that's my like my second language, so yeah. to speak, yeah. and it's something that is muscle memory. I just can do it. Yeah, um, but it makes you feel good. Yeah, I know it's great, but the thing my. Uh, my singing and my guitar playing and doing that together and doing the audience and the frontman thing is yet to catch up to my yeah. drumming skills. Yeah. So I have a gap there yeah. that I'm looking forward to closing and I, yeah. I don't think I'll be comfortable as a performer right out the bat, like performing these songs because I'm holding myself to the standard of my drumming. drumming. Yeah. You might need to let that go a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to doing it. It's but, whole yeah. a part of some. Like, you're all there. Like, it's yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. You just um, probably need to get out there and... and just get hours on the clock. I'm looking I'm looking yeah. forward to doing it. But it's, it's been nice to and not get some of your peers to... in the audience, you know. Some, yeah. Some old crew just going, here's Michael McCartney now. Like, yeah. he's come out of Instagram pink suit and here he is on the yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. how it would feel for me. Yeah, yeah. So, so I don't know if I gave you the heads up on this because you're smart enough for me not to... Who and where? So this podcast is all about people and place. So thank you firstly for the story because it's a beautiful story and you're a talented guy um, and you will go far because you're you're only in the early 30s so you've got lots of time to do this. Thank you. And I think that's one of the takeouts is just to be patient and give yourself time. Can I I tell you something really briefly about that? Just today, one of my really great friends, Deb Burnett, released a song under uh, Cloud Rider and she's somebody who is one of the most talented songwriters um, but had... Uh, you know, had been on six, seven, eight year hiatus because had a couple of children with her husband John, who's, who, and they're just the most amazing people. But I'm just so proud of her that she's starting her career now at that moment. Yeah. That it doesn't matter. Yeah. That I hope to be doing this till I die. Yeah. I hope to be doing this till I, you know, yeah. until I'm old. And so it's exactly right. I've had the, you know, music and youth have this weird relationship yep. that they, that you know, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that as we move forward. That the the, the 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 chains of oppression for youth and and music needing to be so closely aligned, mm. um, is is something that yeah. So I'm hoping for a long career. This is the beginning of something that I hope to. And you know what? Follow As someone up. that's just turned fifty, and I'm kind of like found my radio voice again that yes. I let go of for a while, um, and my storyteller, my yes. writing. It's like I sometimes I wake up and I go, and I'm you know making pottery for the last five years as well, and I go. Have you just worked it out at fifty, Carlos? Have you just worked out your career at fifty? Yes. Like, and, and you bash yourself up a little bit. Yes. But I think it's. I've got another fifty years to yes. just develop whatever this is. You know. They say that happiness is like really high in people until they're about fifteen, and then it starts again at forty-eight. Forty-eight is the I age. I didn't know that. Yeah, that yeah. makes so much, much sense. Oh, God, so you're in a terrible uh, time. I'm, 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 I'm there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> it is. That's I'm right. I'm living the dream. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, and I'll I've catch got up time, to you. and I've got time and patience, which are two things that I probably didn't, didn't realize I had. Yeah. yeah. So, so who and where inspires you? So, who's a person? Really hard. It can be people. And where's a place? A place that inspires me. Yeah. People and, always go to the place first. It's very interesting. Um. It's interesting that, and, and, and maybe this is, you know, it, it's the idea that um, the best things happen somewhere else is like a notion that we, we have. Well, we uh, had before we, the yeah. global pandemic. And so I would, say, I would say, if I had to say a place that inspires me is where I live and I'm glad that I'm not longing for somewhere else at yeah. the moment. So I, I live in Burley Heads. Yeah. Um, and, and for me, that place, I, I live on the hill and I go to... The, Tullamadra Creek every morning and yeah. swim and, in nature. and and so I would say it it's it's the place that is serving me and I also believe place informs practice yeah um and I you know for one of the reasons why Australia is a great has been a great nation for rock and roll mm. like we have produced some of the some you know we've we've swung above our weight mm. um when it comes to what we've produced for the world for mm. rock and roll mm. uh, and and you know for me it was a really great thing that I got to you know support. ACDC being one of the greatest, you know, um, like it was one of those experiences that it's nice to have lent backwards so far in the lineage of what rock and roll is mm. and have, you know, been able to even, you know, like 50 years after, you know, that they, they were, it's quite amazing that I, I get to have, have had to have that. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud. I, I, living on the Gold Coast, living in Burley, open space. I think rock mm. and roll is an open space music format. Mm. I think the reason why hip hop is such a, 
an urban yeah, place yeah. is because it's 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 it's, it's, it's urban. It's, urban. it's, it's, it's <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And, and I think rock and roll doesn't make as much sense in cities. Um, and so for me, I would say Billy Heads is the place. As far as so you're tapping into Mother Earth for lyrics. There, you you really you tapping into nature. Well, I, okay, I'm gonna you're inspired I'm gonna, by. I'm gonna the first person who asked me. Or I heard that question asked. I'm going to give you a person that inspires me um, and connected to that idea. Uh, there's an artist by the name of David Pledger. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with him at all? Mm-hmm. Um, he he's a he's a dramaturg. He does um, um, he he ran the 2970 conference on the Gold Coast. Right. And in, you know part of that there was Julian Assange who did a keynote from the the uh, embassy in London. Um, and he's an artist that does far more in he's a very like uh pr- provocative artist and he's somebody who uh for for me he first asked that question how does place inform your practice what is it about where you are that means that the work you're making happens and more importantly why therefore is it interesting to somebody out of your context so uh, one of the things my favorite things about melbourne as a music scene is that it has a really beautiful sound that's been developed in the last, you know, mm. eight years. Um, like Courtney Barnett being a really great example of that. That can only be made and, and, and you know, forged because of the, what Melbourne is as a place. Mm. And the reason why it's so interesting, if you're from somewhere else, anywhere else in the world, mm. it doesn't sound like what you could have made there. Yes. That's right. And mm. so, so for me, I first heard that idea and have lent into that and thought of that more because of David Pledger asking me that question. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so so that, that so for me, Belly Heads is the place that I would like to think that I'm drawing the most inspiration and from. And can we just um, pay homage? Thank you for bringing in Melbourne then because I've grown up there 27 years. Yes. Um, around musicians pretty yes. much um, threaded through my life. And it's just the to me it's always been the, it um, doesn't mean any other place isn't as good, but it's it's had the cultural musical heartbeat for the nation. Yes. Um, and it, it led the way a long, yes. long, long time ago. And, you know, people, that, really good musicians that I know, like Carl, Carl S. Williams and that, mm-hmm. they went down there and even um, beautiful um, Paulie from Tijuana and they're like, oh, Carl, I just didn't feel as connected as I did on the Gold Coast. That's because yeah. that's their home. The Gold yeah, Coast is their yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so those musicians you just cited then, that's their home. Melbourne yes. is their home. It doesn't mean that musicians can't come and go. Yes. What they're doing is tapping into their environment really strongly. Yep. And it's a long historical yeah, um, that, environment, a, whereas the Gold a, Coast is relatively new. There's a bloodline. There's a bloodline. That, there's a, but, that's the word yeah, I was looking for, yeah. actually, bloodline. So yeah. what you guys have done, though, in the last, let's say, two decades or yeah. 15 years or yeah. so, is you've developed a really strong musical bloodline on the Gold Coast yes. and now it's coming through. That's so right. So the two yeah. that I just cited then, Carlos Williams and, and Paulie yeah, yeah. and yourself, yeah. um, Maddie Barker, there's a list of them, yes. um, Felicity, yep. Lawless. Yep. I just see them, I see you guys developing more and more because you're more in tune with your environment yes. and your tribe. Yes. And yeah, that's definitely. what Melbourne has. Yes, so. that's right. That's what it has. It has generations of, yeah. you know, compounding... Um, but you're heritage. part of that. You're part of that. Um, uh, that Gold that, Coast generation. That, that's right. And I, I, I'd rather be that than, um, yeah. Like I think it's yeah. For me, it's made more sense to be part of the shaping of that identity, um, and not just the um, the recipient of it. Or you know, it's starting yeah. the river, not just drinking. Yeah, so imagine yeah. our conversation when you're my age, and I'll be like seventy two. Yeah. Um, really, thank you. I won't be that old. Thank you so much for spending the time with me today, and I can't wait to see what next week holds for you with that black suit and pink brigade. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Cheers. Welcome.